It's your week, your sports, the new Clarksville Now podcast. I'm John Glass, along with Jeff Matthews and Christian Brown. It's your week, your sports. John Glass here, back at it again with your local high school, Austin P, and local national news in the world of sports. Hanging out here with Mr. Jeff Matthews and Christian Brown. Boys, how are we doing? Doing fantastic. I've had a great week and getting very excited for the Ace Sun Baseball Tournament that's starting this week. It actually started today, but it starts tomorrow for the Austin P. Governors. Yes, sir. Let's go. Not only do we have that, but Clarksville High Baseball is making a run in the state tournament starting tonight at 4 p.m. And then on top of that, little national story. We got some Liberty playing some great softball at the A-Sun tournament and also some Braves Cardinals ball. And then we're going to talk a little bit about some of those betting odds that we see. Right. We got a lot of fun stuff happening on today's show. So uh, let's get right into it. High school baseball playoffs. Christian, what's going on? Yeah, so Clarksville High is facing Storch Creek uh, tonight at 4 p.m. Uh, it's their second matchup uh, this season. During the regular season, they faced off once with Storch Creek taking the game. Uh, so, you know, Clarksville High is looking for that redemption shot. Uh, they got into this position by defeating Arlington in a three-game series. They defeated them two games to one. So, you know, they set themselves up for success during sectionals. Uh, and they're going to really make try to make a difference in the upcoming series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's an awesome opportunity, though, to be able to uh, possibly get back a win from earlier in the season and then to do it in playoff ball. I mean, that's pretty cool. Clarksville High is going to uh, probably be very vigilant in trying to get that win. Yes, go Clarksville High. No, I'm just kidding. You know, we're excited for uh, local baseball making it into the state tournament. I am just a little bit sour that my Ross Hugh Hawks uh, failed to call failed to Collierville uh, in a three game series. They lost the first two, got swept. It is unfortunate, but the Hawks season did come to an end. Uh, it's sad, but it does take nothing away from the season. And like we've been saying the last couple of weeks. Local high school baseball here in Clarksville is becoming very, very dominant. You see those top three teams, Clarksville High, uh, Rossview, and uh, Clarksville Academy just going to that next level. You're seeing them in deep into the regionals or the state tournament almost year after year after year, and I think it's a testament to incredible coaching and uh, great talent coming out of the region. I think you're exactly right, John. Uh, the thing about it is I think you know if we would have sat down weeks ago, I think we could have guaranteed at least one of the Clarksville – uh, area teams making it to the state tournament. I take those betting odds. Yeah. yeah, I mean they have all of them. Clarksville High, Clarksville Academy, Rossview. Those have been our biggest three that we have talked about, and how awesome of a season that they have had. Nothing for those uh, for Rossview or Clarksville Academy to hold their head uh, down about because they performed incredible. We've talked about it a lot. We've said it a lot. We are all excited to see what these programs are going to be doing here in the future. Um, but right now, the highlight is on Clarksville High. They have an opportunity here to go deep into this uh, state tournament. They're playing well. Um, it, it, I'm, I think it's just going to be some really great baseball that we're going to get this week. You know, the thing about it is if they can limit runs by Stewart's Creek, I think they gave up 10-plus runs during the regular season matchup. If they can limit those... They should have a great chance to just move on into the state tournament. And the thing about it is, I wonder who's going to start for the uh, Wildcats this evening. Uh, I'm willing to bet it's Christian Henderson, just because you know he has been uh, their ace, in my opinion. Uh, he, I think, at one point he had 28 
uh, innings of scoreless baseball. So it's going to be interesting to see who they throw out there uh, during the opening round of the state tournament. Uh, just to put this out there as well, Clarksville now will have a story on the results from that game tomorrow morning. So uh, check in with Clarksville now after today. Now, and you also talked about, well, you and I talked about a little bit ago, softball in the area. Uh, Montgomery Central had a pretty great season, but all Clarksville teams are done this season, correct? Yep, exactly right. So softball-wise, uh, Montgomery Central and Rossview High reached sectionals, but then they failed to make the state tournament. And the exact same thing happened in soccer, uh, boys soccer, for Rossview High, then also CHS. So everybody's season's done, but, you know, again... Mm-hmm. That doesn't take away from everything they accomplished during the 2022-2023 season. Yeah, no, a lot of exciting stuff happening in the high school realm, and I think we're just going to continue to see it improve. Speaking of stuff in the high school realm, we got the Governor's Volunteer Star Award winner, Darren Morris. Christian, give us a little bit more info on what this award is and uh, what Darren has been doing in the community. Yeah, so this is a statewide award, uh, so... The state of Tennessee recognizes two individuals from each state, the youth recipient. Then also there's an adult version of this award. So Darren Morris was honored with for his volunteer work with Clarksville Junior Pro League. And he also read to local elementary schools with his football team, Kenwood High. So uh, Morris was a four-year starter for the Knights. And, you know, it's amazing to see a student-athlete giving back to this degree, uh, not only making time outside of the game he loves, but he's giving back to the next generation of athletes. Yeah, I think Darren is a smart kid. You know, I think that um, when you get to a point of leadership, especially a point of leadership in the community, you kind of really start to see, you know, yourself and some of the youth. You get to kind of see how these kids are getting brought up, and you kind of are reminded of where you were at one point. And I think it's super cool when student-athletes – get the opportunity. These kids are so busy through their schedules. When they get a moment to give back to the community, they choose to. And I mean that genuinely, they choose to, it's not a coach mandated situation. It's not one of those. I think a lot of these kids love to get out there and they love to help their community. They love to give back to their community who has probably poured into them just as much as they want to pour into that community. Oh, for sure. You know, I think part of the reason we're put on this planet is to give back and to bring up the people uh, behind us and before us. And uh, I think Darren is doing an incredible job, you know, exemplifying himself as a young man, not only in this community, but for the state of Tennessee. And I'm very glad that he has been recognized for that. You know, and one thing about it is in a press release, he actually mentioned he he's done all of this in memory of his father who passed away uh, several years ago uh, to cancer. So uh, it's it's amazing to see him honoring his father's legacy uh, and continuing to do so. I think everybody can learn from everything he's accomplished during his high school career. At the age of 24, it makes me want to go out and volunteer and give back to the community even more so. So it's just, again, it's amazing to see this young man prosper. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Great on Darren, Governor's Volunteer Star Award winner. Love to see it, especially here in the Clarksville-Montgomery County area. And uh, let's get on into the madness that is the A Sun Baseball Championship. I got to get all my uh, papers in line. Get your papers, get your protractors, uh, your calculators, because yep. that's what we're going to need to figure out how the uh, pool system works for the A Sun uh, Championship. It is an interesting venture, so I'm going to try my best yes. to list this out as simply as possible. And if I 
break down and cry. I apologize. But <laughs> it's okay. We got tissues, Jeff. So, top four teams in the A Sun that finished in the regular season sit right now Lipscomb, Florida Gulf Coast, Liberty, and Jacksonville. Those four teams received the, they are going to be placed in a pool. That is called Pool A. Those are the top four teams. Now, the bottom four teams are in Pool B, and this will be Stetson, Eastern Kentucky, Jacksonville State, and Austin P. Austin P playing in that eighth seed position. So Austin P starts the tournament off tomorrow at 6 p.m. going up against Eastern Kentucky. But how this is going to play out, so the four teams in Pool A, those are your top four teams. They will have three of the top teams move on into the semifinal round. Pool B, when Pool B plays, only one team will be pulled out of Pool B to move on to the semifinals. So, on May 27th is the semifinal rounds. So, the number one seed that comes out of Pool A will play the number one qualifier in Pool B. And then, qualifier... Number or seed number two in qualifier A will play the number three seed in pool A. This is what we were talking about. So if you understood any of that, um, basically what it comes down to is Austin P is about to be going through a gauntlet of games to get to try to play on Saturday. It's basically the top uh, whoever has the best record out of pool B Correct. coming out of their little skedaddle coming up here in the next couple of days we'll get into that uh yeah get into that pool system which would be qualifier of pool A at the 1 seed uh qualifier of pool B at the 1 seed 1 versus 1 and then 2 and 3 it's so confusing it's very confusing, but the most important thing for most of our listeners are going is going to be the schedule for the Austin P Governors. So again, Austin P starts today, or I'm sorry, Austin P has today off. Coming tomorrow, Austin P will play Eastern Kentucky, and then on Thursday, Austin P will play Stetson. Friday, Austin P will play Jacksonville State. So basically, if you lose two games, you're done. It's what I that's what I've gathered. It's a double elimination system. So only one team is going to really be pulled out of pool B. Well, not really. Only one team is getting pulled out of pool B. For that really for Austin P to really do that, they're going to have to beat all three of these teams. So here here's Jeff, here is where I you know, just my brain question. Um question. Question. So you you have three teams that are coming from pool uh pool A, so basically only one team is going to get left out. And then you have one qualifier from pool b how about you just have three three seeds that automatically get in and then you have a playing game for that fourth seed that would be smart john you don't wear these teams out and you have a good uh championship you could heck you could even have like a three-day best of type series i'm no uh, that's why i don't get paid the big bucks obviously right and that's the thing we don't get paid the big bucks and so as much as we would love to see this organized in a different route, like even just going by based off record and then seeding that way and then just having an overall, maybe a round robin, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know the easiest answer for it, well, that's what but we were talk- it's not this. As we were talking about last, last week, too, Liberty, perfect example is Liberty. Liberty right. was, what, seventh out of the eight teams that got in, but Correct. they are third in the seeding because they had the third best RPI. Correct. And that's where it gets really tricky is that RPI. We've seen a few teams, Florida Gulf Coast and Lipskin. They were the top two teams really this season for record wise. But the way that things played out, Florida Gulf Coast getting the um, 
uh, number two seed because Lipscomb took the overall record. Yeah. But like you said, Liberty high in that RPI ranking, their third. But you're right. And when they ended the season, they were in that, uh, I believe they were in that sixth position. That's just got to make a team like Stetson absolutely just sick to their stomachs because, like, they worked hard all year. But again, their record, their strength of record wasn't as strong as Liberty's. And, uh, yeah, I. There's got to be a better way. Look, we're not trying to dog the A-Sun or anything no, like that. No, not at all. But it feels like there is a more efficient way for them to line up a tournament where it also doesn't rely on your RPI ranking. I'm not a big fan of that. I feel like I feel like it should be determined based on your win-loss record. Correct. I, that Like solely on your win-loss record. Solely on your win-loss record to get in and get seeded right. into the um, A-Sun. And then if you want to do RPI for possible NCAA bids or... Anything to that extent, that's fine. I I see how this works out in bigger leagues like the SEC. Like I can see how RPI works out for like an SEC tournament or an ACC tournament or something like that because you know you have a team that might be playing a bunch of teams from lower conferences. Then right. that's where it's like okay, well, yeah, they have a way better record, but that's because they're playing a lot of lower teams. Austin P is it, it's not like Austin P is playing down or any of these teams are playing down. They're going to be playing up and then just a couple teams don't get scheduled games. Yeah, that's the weird part. I think you and I kind of realize more about which teams aren't playing each other towards the later portion of the season. Yeah. And it got really weird because some of these teams like I think I think we talked about how EKU and Florida Gulf Coast didn't have a series with each other this past not season. All, not all A-Sun teams played each other. And that was kind of it's weird to me that that happens especially in baseball i feel like you can get away with it in football and and basketball and basketball and it's not too bad but in baseball i feel like it's more important because it's based off a three-game series yeah and i feel like if it's based off a three-game series it should really count well because like you then you would have like obviously we can play what ifs all day long but like what well, if of course what if that scenario happened where you have two teams that didn't play each other at all and then you're stri- you strictly have to go on rpi because like what if those two teams were tied at the end of the season and uh then you had to go strictly off rpi just to get into the a sun tournament uh and we didn't we didn't even plan on getting into like a debate on a Sun conference seating, but uh, it's a first year for Austin P and the A Sun. It just, I don't know, it's confusing a little bit. But back to our main point uh, Austin P, they are going to get things started tomorrow uh, when they play Eastern Kentucky. So, uh, yeah, the sixth seed versus the eighth seed. Um, Governors coming off that win against North Alabama. And supporting a note real quick as well Austin P has not played EKU this season at all. Yeah, that was the other. That's where I was going with that. Yeah. Is Austin P hasn't seen EKU this season, and that's a little scary if you're a Governor's fan, especially based off of the performance that Austin P has had the past few weekends. They have struggled. I mean, they had dropped two big, huge series. They were, um, they actually went fifteen and five early in the season. Let me ten uh, and five. Ten and five. Ten rather. and five. Excuse me. And then on the back half, they went five and ten. Five and ten. So. They have had a season of really greatness and then not so much and then led them to a position of almost not even making the A-Sun tournament. And the, yeah. the thing is, too, also, they lost five A-Sun games by one run. And that, again, that speaks to the level of competition, but also, you know, you just have to find a way to close out games or at least make that comeback. Well, it's easier said than done, of that, course. That bullpen has been worked. That's one of the big things yeah. coming through this season. It's just that bullpen has gotten like starting some of them gotten starting pitching numbers like Peyton Jewell is definitely 
Right. Not the work. It's been a little frustrating because I feel like Austin P has had some really great outings at the plate. You have hitters like Lyle Miller Green and Clayton Gray who can go out there and get you doubles and can get you runs across the plate. However, it just seems that when you're in that back half of the game, the governors haven't been able to pull runs across. I feel like it's not even a problem of getting runners on either. The back half of Austin P's lineup still gets base hits. Yeah. It's just getting the RBIs. It's getting the hits that bring them around. Like this back half record, I do not think is an indication on how talented this team is. I mean, they've been scoring, they've been up there as one of the top run scores of the season. They've just given up a lot of runs too. And I mean, I mean, you look at some of the A Sun accolades too. You have Garrett Martin, uh, all uh, all second team uh, for all conference, as well as Lyle, Lyle Miller Green, and I don't know. It's it's tough. It's really tough to watch the first season. Uh, we knew this was going to happen, like a week a week or two going into the final stretch of the season. We yeah. were almost at first. So again, we've said this numerous times over the past week. It is a testament to how dog tough this league is. It is a whole different world of competition. I don't think Austin P was expecting to see. Well, I don't think the whole conference was expecting to see performances out of, you know, Kennesaw State. Uh, the way that they've played in the back half of the season hasn't been very bad either. They've been on fire. Some of these teams have just really gotten hot at the right moment. And unfortunately for Austin P, I think that they got cold. The pitching wasn't fantastic. Starting pitching has been the biggest struggle for the governors. But. They were able to get into the Ace Sun tournament, and now we have to think of it as your record's 0 and 0, and you're walking into the tournament, and you have an opportunity to now do work. They fresh, have that blank slate. slate, exactly right. And the thing and about you're playing it is, a team that you haven't seen. Just want to throw yeah, that out there. Yeah. It's, uh, it's almost a whole they new ballpark. Seen you. When, yeah. when was their last game? Too? Do you guys back know? on Sunday against uh, North Alabama? So no, they Saturday. Okay. Saturday. Excuse yeah. me. Yes. So they've had those four days rest. So now they can really like rest those pitchers, get everything in order. Who's going to start the game tonight or tomorrow, rather? That's a great question. Of who's going to start tomorrow? I don't think it's going to be Jacob Weaver because Weaver got the start on Saturday. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we have an official. But Weaver is one of their better starting pitchers, I believe. I believe this last game because he pitched on Saturday. I believe he went almost six innings. Yeah, uh, and then uh, the last time he went out, he actually went six point one innings, which was the longest outing that the governors had seen since back in early April. So I mean, the Govs might there's a couple ways you can go about it. The Govs might try to pitch him on short rest, or they might try to pitch him against the higher seed Stetson on Thursday. See, that's what I was and thinking then because they're going to be they would definitely they'd be playing Jacks uh, Jacksonville State. I wouldn't mind seeing yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Weaver pitch to Stetson. I think that would probably be the biggest. I mean, in my take, that would be the best option is to put Weaver on the mound against Stetson. If they can sneak, if they can sneak a win tomorrow and then go into Thursday with Weaver on the mound trying to get that win from Stetson, if that would be the best case scenario for everybody. Well, and I was thinking what what I could see happening. I don't know if it will. It might be. I don't know if it's the greatest idea, but Lyle Miller Green is also a pitcher. He can pitch on the mound if he wants to. He, Coach uh, Roland Fanning has done it before. He did it in the games against Central Arkansas, where Lyle Miller Green pitching, starting pitcher, and playing as the designated hitter. Huh. It's an interesting we'll route. Shohei Otani. A little bit. It's a it's a interesting approach to it. It doesn't work out for everything's everyone. On, everything's on the table, right? But here's the thing. That adds a lot of depth to what you can do because you can rest some of your bigger pitchers for the next few games if you can get Lyle Miller to just to have 
maybe one good outing. If he could go maybe two, three, four innings and then maybe let your relief pitchers go. Well, then I know you don't want to get ahead of yourself and think because you got to get out of that pool B. Right. And that's the thing. You can't think of this as in like you just have to win one game. No. Like you, I mean, you have to think of it one game at a time, but you have three that you have to beat. So like the the strategy could be like you, you either throw Weaver tomorrow or Thursday because you definitely want Weaver on Saturday or Sunday. Like, God forbid, Sunday. Like, right. you get to a championship game, you would want Weaver. It, you can't think, okay, when am I going to burn this to get to this? It's win now, and then let's figure out what happens later. If we got it, like, look, if they got a pitch on short rest, they will. I was about to say, at this point, if, yeah. if you're in championship baseball mode, you are you are throwing, and then you're icing in the dugout. <laughs> right. So just an important note to add, tomorrow may be a very high-scoring game. Uh, Eastern Kentucky is ranked 10th in the league in ERA, while Austin P is ranked 11th. So that's just okay. something to keep in mind. That's interesting because exactly. Austin P was at one point averaging 10 runs per game. Those higher game situations, those high-scoring games, Austin, Austin P squeezed those I was out, about yeah. to say, Austin P has a little bit of longevity in those because a lot of times those batters are going to stay out there on the uh uh, on the basis for a lot longer, and those pitchers aren't going to be out there on the mound getting into their head after they get two runners on, which that is the name of the story for Austin P. Two outs, two runners on. Yep. No, it is going to be an interesting weekend. Uh, yeah, like I said, Austin P. starts tomorrow, uh, 7 p.m. against Eastern Kentucky. It's going to, pregame coverage is going to start around 6 ish. Uh, you can catch all the coverage on ESPN Clarksville 104.1 FM and 5.40 a.m. Uh, I believe Van Stokes is going to be on the call. It's going to be a fun one, boys. I'm super excited for that. And uh, yeah, we got some fun stuff else going on in Austin P. Hansel Emanuel. Christian, so, tell me about him yesterday. Exactly. So the internet basketball sensation verbally committed to transfer to Austin Peay State University. So uh, he was originally at Northwestern State, and he decided to follow his head coach, Corey Gibson, to Clarksville, who we'll, we'll touch on later on. Uh, but so the six foot six guard went viral years ago for showcasing his skill set on the basketball court. Uh, what separates him from other players uh, and the way he plays is the fact that he has one arm, you know, and everything he brings to the table, um, his skill set's through the roof still, you know. It's amazing to see what he can get done on the court, even with his limitations, but he's a he's a hell of a ball player. Oh, yeah, no, like, if you go look at his highlights, he put me on a poster in a second, like, not even, like, this kid is lights out. I think he can really add some value to the governor's roster, and I uh, hope this is more than just a verbal commitment. Yeah, I think we're all really hoping that it's more than a verbal commitment. He brings some real excitement to Austin P, especially with new head coach Corey Gibson. Um, I'm excited to see him play here at Austin P. Just hopeful that a verbal commitment turns into an official uh, signed commitment. Yeah, and the thing is, he only averaged eight minutes per game, but every single time he got he checked in on the floor, he made an impact, instant impact. You know, he made his presence felt almost immediately, whether it's getting getting it done on the defensive end or on the offensive end. Yeah, true sixth man. Excited to see where that goes. Uh, yeah, hopefully we can get that signature. Uh, moving along, we've got Jeff Matthews, who actually sat down uh, with Mr. Corey Gibson today. We're going to cut to that here right now and uh, get on into it.
Welcome back to your week, your sports. Jeff Matthews joined here with new head coach of Austin Peay Basketball, Corey Gibson. Corey, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. Now, this is an exciting time for the Governors. You making a return to Austin P. used to play for the Governors as well as coached under Dave Luce. Tell me just a little bit about how excited that just, how much joy that brings you to come to Clarksville. This is truly a, a full circle moment for me. I have not had much time to reflect on it because we've been so busy just 10 toes down on the ground. But uh, I can tell you it's truly a blessing. You have a lot of recruits coming up here to Austin P, or at least expected recruits, a lot of verbal commitments right now. Um, can you talk a little bit about your expectation coming into the season just for as a whole for the governors? The only expectation we have is to serve. That's the only expectation we have. We don't have an expectation to win. But what I can tell you is, is that we're going to be relentless in our effort to serve the community. We're going to get out in the community. We're going to really dive into our community service efforts. And that'll translate to the wood. That'll translate to our body of work on the floor. Where does that come from? You talk about serving the community. Where did you kind of learn that? Where did that become a huge part of your coaching philosophy? Well, the thing, the thing about serving is it's, it's in life you have some people who are successful and you have some that have a legacy, okay? It's easy to have success, okay? You got to work at having a legacy. And the only way to have a legacy is that you have to be willing to serve other people. And without, with the roster that we've assembled, we've assembled some blue-collar young men, okay, that have the innate future of wanting to serve others. And that's why it comes together, and that's how it comes together as one big puzzle that works here in Clarksville, Tennessee, and being a gov. So you had a lot of success at your last college, Northwestern. A huge success turning that program around, coming in with a uh, over a 22-9 and nine season after that one ended. Can you talk a little bit about the success you had over there and maybe a little bit about how that serving played a part in that? Serving played a major part in it. It really expedited the, the chemistry of our roster. Um, we have three creeds that we live by. We keep it very simple. That's servanthood, brotherhood, and unconditional love. What happens is, is that when you dive into serving other people, okay, it expedites the brotherhood. You have to come together to serve, okay? And then you have to have unconditional love for your brethren and for your sister in order to serve them, okay? And then when it comes to servanthood, that mentality is so contagious, right? Once you start, it really ignites something inside of you. And once people ignite that, they don't want to stop. So one thing I read um, in your kind of in the bio for you coming in back to Clarksville, I read that in your first season you didn't lose a single home game at Austin P for Austin P. Is that correct? I've never lost a game in my whole life, and the reason that is is because everything I've been through in regards to the game of sport, I've learned from it. The only time you lose is when you don't learn. I like that. I heard a quote one time: "Is the only time you fail is when you stop learning." That's right. Where did you, where did I guess let's let's go back to college. You were a student at Austin P, graduated with two graduate or two degrees from Austin P. Talk about how big did basketball play in a role as your academics? Right, you know, my 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 family, they they really got me to understand at a young age that I was a student athlete. Right. And I understood that I had to keep my grades up to a standard in order to be recruited, okay? But they also had an expectation on me. What, let, let me remind you of this, is that sometimes as people we say, okay, this young man or young lady is a product of their environment, 
Okay, me being able to sit in this seat is because I'm a product of the expectation that was on me. Right. You have to have an expectation on you to excel. The environment does not hold you back. You can be in an awful environment, but if the expectation is on you to come out of the environment, you can. I love that. Being able to kind of come through adversity, just seeing the hard things that you go through and then being able to have that brotherhood that you're also talking about through serving the community and being able to stand on top. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about going forward. This summer you have a few camps coming up. We do. And how excited are you about those? I'm so pumped up about it just to be back in the community. Me and the staff, the staff is working tirelessly to pump up the camp, getting it organized. But uh, June 12th through the 15th will be our K-6 through camp. Um, I'm looking forward to getting out there, rolling my sleeves up and sweating with the campers. That's awesome. Yeah, you can find out those registrations at CoreyGibsonBasketballCamps.com. Like you said, K through 6, and that is June 12th through the 15th. And that goes with the other thing. You're serving the community, but also talk a little bit about how that, um, if you can touch on just a little bit about what it means to also kind of start the, that process of getting talent into the Austin PI side of like the surrounding areas, the local community for Austin P. Right, in regards to recruiting? Yes, sir. Okay, so <clears throat> my wife is probably going to get upset with me. So I'm going to tell you how we go about recruiting. Okay. When 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 I go to a restaurant with my wife, okay, I know what I want before I get there. Okay? So when the waitress comes, the server comes around to me, I can give them my order in a matter of, of seconds. Now, my wife, it may take her another 15, 20 minutes but my diet, I don't eat shellfish. I don't eat red meat. So I have a very narrow view, a small view of what I'm looking for on the menu. I don't look all over the menu, okay? In regards to our recruitment, we approach it the same way. We don't look all over the menu. We can get a million calls, and they may say, hey, you got to get this player over here. Well, he may not fit our diet. And so if you always stay within your diet, okay, it's easy to put the pieces to the puzzle together. That's a very awesome response. I think like a lot of people, uh, I feel like a lot of coaches don't necessarily go the route of um, this is what I want. They kind of have an idea of a player that they want, but then they go through the whole interview process. So I think I thought that was just an interesting take. Um, as you go through this summer and as you kind of get closer to season starting, what are some things that, um, for Austin P specifically, what are some things that you would like to see yourself bring to the governors? Well, first and foremost, this is this is not about Gibson. Right. Okay, it's not about Corey the alarm. This is about us. This is about everybody in this community coming together and being equally yoked and making sure that something special happens. And so as long as we keep it about us and not about me, we got something special coming our way. Coach Corey, thank you so much for joining us. Jeff Matthews with head coach Corey Gibson, the new head coach of the Austin P. Governors. And this season is going to be kicking off. And I know the governors are very excited. I know the city of Clarksville is very excited. So, Corey, again, thank you so much for joining. Hey, thank you, my man. All right, and moving on to our national news, we've got uh, some awesome stuff happening in the world of Major League Baseball. My Cardinals finally getting out of that funk that they have been in. Yeah, but they're still four games behind. You know, five. Oh, uh, is it? Is it still five? It, it is five. They're playing Cincinnati Reds. They dropped one uh, last night. Uh, so they'll probably a... lose tonight when they play <laughs> no. against uh, no. Graham Ashcraft. He's on the mound. Adam Wainwright, though, starting out for the Birds. Yeah, Wayno has had a little bit of a shaky. Uh, he's had a little bit of a shaky comeback. Uh, obviously, Wayno shaky. Go- 
Wayno is going for his 300th win. Or no, it's 200 wins. I was about to say, I think it's yeah, 200. It's 200, 200 wins. Uh, one of very few Cardinals to get that done. Um, Huge moment for him. That's awesome. No, but the Cardinals, look, Cardinals have been playing lights out baseball as yeah. of recently. 11 of their last 15. They are leading in a lot of offensive categories. Gormania is back. Nolan, oh Gor- Nolan Gorman hitting a ton of dingers. Coming in clutch. I'm super excited to see what happens. They are playing uh, the Reds tonight, like you were saying, Adam Wainwright versus Graham Ashcraft. Uh, cards favored. They are minus 140 on the money line. Um, I'll probably parlay that with a couple of uh, two hits parlays. I've been, uh, uh, been working with that. Do not underestimate Graham Ashcraft, though, because he is a, he's a solid starting pitcher for the Reds. Uh, so don't underestimate that game, uh, especially if the Reds can get some runs on Wainwright early on. So... Sorry, John. Look, Reality check real quick. Here's the thing. No, if Wayno has that Uncle Charlie working, <laughs> then, uh, yeah, no. It's the Charlie horse in his leg? <laughs> no. Because he's 59 years old. <laughs> it cramps up really easily. <laughs> you know what? Do you remember do you remember what old men do to youngsters like you on the mound? Remember uh, Nolan Ryan? You know, No, because every older guy that I know that would be standing on in a batter's box, and if they saw anybody along the likes of Spencer Strider... Uh, I believe would probably fear to stand in the batter's box. Garbage. Sure, we'll go with that. Dude was averaging nine strikeouts a game. Yeah, absurd. That is absurd. <laughs> he was absolutely. He rocks it on the mound, and he starts tonight. Yeah, they're going up against the Dodgers. Freeman is back in town. Yeah, the Cardinals with too. Jason Hayward. I found out that was the first time that all. Um, well, I figured. I guess that would be him and Freeman. That's the first time that they've been back into Atlanta together. Since Freeman left. That's an exciting storyline right there. Uh, Just to pinpoint this out real quick, uh, Bobby Miller takes the mound. He was called up from uh, the minor leagues uh, and is making his regular season debut uh, during the 2022-2023 season. Uh, Actually, probably 2023-2024 season, rather. So sorry about that. But, you know, that's something to really keep an eye on because I think if you're looking at the strikeout total, I'd bet the over because Bobby Miller has a crazy good fastball, just like Spencer Strider. So tonight's his debut? Uh, I don't know if it's his major league debut, but his his regular season okay. debut. Okay, so it will be a fun one to see. I'm giving. I'm thinking Spencer is going to be. I think Spencer's going to throw over seven. Look, I mean, yeah, no, he had a, he did have a down outing. His streak ended. Last week, I think. Yeah, we saw we saw from the Dodgers up for y'all last week when we mm-hmm. took two of three, two of three from them, and put. Right. I think it was two games. We put like eighteen runs on them, something like that. Well, but you guys are still twenty one and twenty eight. And if I'm looking at it correct, that's, in the hottest league in the NL, the NL Central, five right, games. But the Braves are the number one team in the NL yeah, at twenty nine and yeah, eighteen because they play in the uh, NL East. But they're the number one team. In NL. Yeah, I mean, if you play in Cup, That's counting man. your team in there. If you think the NL Central is the most competitive... Most dominant, just like the AFC South. Dominant league. What? That is all we have today. Domination. <laughs> uh, no, we're having a lot of fun here, but... Uh, as if he's just going to brush it past the NFC East, as if they did not have one of the best competitive divisions in NFL history last season. Oh, no, we're not going to get into uh, NFC. Oh, we'll get to it the here NFC, in a couple of weeks when NFC, we start talking about real football, the, the, when football starts coming back. The NFC Oh, don't least, you worry, Jonathan. The NFC least. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It's, we're having a lot of fun here on Your Week, Your Sports. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. For John Glass, uh, for Christian Brown, and for Jeff Matthews, peace.